and good morning to those online. Let's start the conversation on grace, but this time the call to holiness. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This verse reminds us that believers are called to a life of holiness. It's a lifelong process to you, not only an event, but also a lifelong process. When we follow Jesus, he begins to transform a transformative work in us, renewing our hearts and minds to be more like him. We can, with confidence, know that God will continue this work until the day of Jesus' return, constantly shaping us into holiness. Dear brothers and sisters, I'm grateful to be here with you today as we continue exploring the transformative power of God's grace. Last week, we learned about the incredible gift of grace and, the, and how grace empowers us to forgive others. Today, we dive deeper into this topic and explore how grace transforms us and calls us to a life of holiness. This sermon explores the transformative power of God's grace and how it calls us to a life of holiness. It delves into the concept of grace, its significance in the life of believers, and how grace transforms us into a desire to honor God. The sermon's main principles will revolve around the concept of grace and its importance and significance in the life of believers. But let's explore the definitions that we have for holiness. Holiness refers to being set apart for God and living according to his commands. Holiness is not just a one-time event, but an ongoing commitment to living in the obedience of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 states, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. This verse speaks to the profound change when we surrender our lives to Jesus. Through his sacrifice on the cross, we are made new, born again in his image. The new creation is marked by holiness as we are no longer bound by sin in the worldly desires that once characterized our lives. In Christ, we have the power to live holy life guided by the Holy Spirit and free from the bondage of our old selves. In the New Testament, holiness was central to the Hebrew people and also to the theme of the Hebrew Bible. The Israelites were called to be holy people, set apart for God's purpose and reflecting his character to the surrounding nations. Leviticus 19.2 emphasizes this call to holiness, staying, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, 
am holy. This call to holiness in the Old Testament was primarily expressed through obedience to the law given to Moses. The law provided specific instructions and regulations for various aspects of life, including dietary laws, Sabbath, observance, and ethical behavior. The Israelites demonstrated the commitment to living by God's holiness by following these commandments. However, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament also played a crucial role in addressing the people's people sin and enabling them to approach God. Animal sacrifices were offered as a means of purification and atonement for sins, allowing the people to maintain a relationship with the holy God. Now, in the New Testament, in contrast, introduces a profound shift in the understanding of holiness due to the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. His sacrificial act of love on the cross was the ultimate fulfillment of the sacrificial system, rendering it no longer necessary. Hebrews 10.10 10 explains this transformation. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Through faith in Jesus, believers are justified and declared righteous before God. This justification is not based on our own efforts or obedience to the law, but, to, but solely on the grace of God. However, holiness in the New Testament is not simply a declaration of legal status, but also a transformative process. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit empowers believers to live lives that are pleasing to God and reflect his holiness. Galatians 4, 22-23 describes the fruits of the Spirit, which includes love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These characteristics are evidence of the Holy Spirit work within a person, shaping them into a vessel of holiness. Therefore, while in the Old Testament, the understanding of holiness emphasized obedience to the law and the role of sacrifices, the New Testament brings a deeper understanding of holiness through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Believers are declared holy and empowered to live according to God's character through the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. But let's explore some principles that will help us to take this home. Grace transforms us into a desire to honor God. When we encounter the grace of God, it changes our hearts and desires, leading us to a deep longing to honor and please him. 1 Peter 1, 15 to 16, the apostle Peter writes, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it's written, be holy because I am holy. God's grace forgives us of our sins and empower us to live holy life that reflects his character. John Wesley, 
one of his history's greatest theologians and the founder of Methodism, emphasized the transitional and transformational nature of grace. He said, in conversion, one feels a heartfelt desire to consecrate themselves wholly to God, to renounce the world, to prefer the favor of God to the favor of men, and to count all things but loss for the excellency and the knowledge of Christ Jesus. In other words, no one who experiences the grace and the power of God will stay the same. Principle number two, the call to holiness. Holiness is important in the Christian life. It's important that we reflect God's character. Holiness reflects God's nature and allows believers to bear his image in the world. When you see the angels singing, holy, 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 it's a strong connotation of the nature of God. And I don't see other places in the Bible, even though God is love, you never see that connotation, God is love, love, love. On drawing us near God, God brings us closer when we walk in holiness in Christ. Holiness creates a deeper intimacy and communion with God, allowing believers to experience his presence and love. God's grace is not given to us merely as, one time, as a one-time experience, but as a lifelong transformation journey. Today's passage, Philippians 1.6, reminds us that we know that God is in us and he will continue the work. Being confident on this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God's grace calls us to continually grow in holiness and become more like Christ daily. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote, God became man to turn creatures into sons, not simply to produce better men for the old kind, but to produce a new kind of men. It is not like teaching a horse to jump better and better, but like running and turning a horse into a winch creature. Grace calls us to preserve and persevere in grace and holiness. Pursuing holiness requires that we surrender ourselves to the transforming power of God. Believers must surrender their desire to submit to God's sanctifying work. Cultivating spiritual disciplines like prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship are essential in nurturing holiness and growing in Christ-likeness. Guarding against sin and temptation. Believers must be vigilant, avoiding sinful behavior and influences that hinder their pursuit of holiness. Living a life of holiness is not always easy. We may stumble and fall along the way. Yet, the grace of God gives us the strength to persevere. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Through God's grace, we are made new 
and we have the power to overcome sin and temptation. N.T. Wright, a contemporary theologian, explains it this way, the very thought of being in Christ, of being mysteriously and wonderfully united with Jesus, the Messiah, looks to the future world of resurrection and new creation, and from that future celebrates a present reality. All that Christ accomplished in his messianic work has made a difference here and now. And I want to share a little bit of my story, if you allow me to get real some with you, and see how this loving God and powerful God who is holy, I experienced that in my life, and I want to share with you. I come from an island where God lives. Cuba is 75 degrees all year long. Awesome. You have music, dance, and the beach. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I remember when I came to Kentucky the first time, I was invited to a place they call the beach. <laughs> I show up there exciting. It was a lake. And I said, this, this is not a beach. Please change the name. <laughs> But I come from the center of the island, Ciego de Avila is the center, the purple one, uh, the center of the island, me, my wife. And that's a, that's a, those, 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 that place is a wonderful place, and we love the church there. Then we came to Kentucky. <laughs> God called us to Kentucky, and I shared already that we came following the American dream. At the beginning, it became the American nightmare because you have to work, 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 work. No more beach, no more dancing. <laughs> but God is good. But we now see Kentucky as home, right? Kentucky's home. I've been here 22 years. I came with 27 years old. So in, in a few years, I've been longer in Kentucky than in Cuba. So we love Kentucky. My family, you know my family, so that's the old pictures from the, since we came 10 years ago, when my wife came, and now. But I want you to see her in real life. Can you get up, baby? That's it. That's the updated. <laughs> that's the updated version of the pictures. You have it there. But we love this place. We love this uh, place, and we are excited to be here with you. So you also know that I'm a veterinarian doctor. I love pets. My wife is allergic, so I cannot have pets. <laughs> but at least I have it in pictures. That's good. So then I went to Lindsey Wilson College to do a master in leadership because I love um, leadership and the training and did, did my master in divinity and a doctorate in Asbury Seminary with the Bison program. It's a powerful program that they have where they bring leaders from all over the world and put them together to um, talk about church growth and discipleship and all of that. But then I was ordained in the United Methodist Church in the Kentucky Annual Conference uh, in 2014, and I decided I'm going to do this. I remember that the bishop called me and asked me, hey, Yosma, are you thinking of this? And I said, wait a minute, I'm already making disciples, planting churches. Why do I need this? 
what do I need to be ordained? I'm already ordained by God. And he said, well, if you want to serve the United Methodist Church, you need to do this. <laughs> you can be ordained in other places. Um, but then I say yes, because I love the Methodist Church. I come from the Methodist Church in Cuba. And when I came here, I was, I was looking for the Methodist Church here in the United States. But how many of you know that not everything is cookies and cream? That. So I'm going to share the other side. <laughs> I was born in 1974, as I shared before, and from the very beginning, in my search for fulfillment and purpose, I was tangled in a web of going to Paris, drinking, and constantly seeking validation in relationship with women in other places. However, my story took a turn when I became involved with witchcraft and alcohol and becoming the life of the every party I went. And something you need to know about the Hispanic community in Latin America and Africa and other places, usually you don't have to teach those people that the spiritual world is real. They know it's real. What they need to teach them is who has the power. So this, as soon as I learned that Jesus Christ was the one that has the power, I switched. It was easy for me. But I'm telling you, when you go to those places, you have to be ready. And I have news for you. Satan and all these demons, they don't need a green car, or they don't need that. Because for some reason, people think that that stays in all those countries, right? They don't need borders. They don't need permission from immigration to come to the United States. Okay? So it's everywhere. It's a reality. It's everywhere. But, you know, you need to, you need to experience that from the very beginning, knowing that the spiritual world is real. So I was at my lowest point when Jesus showed up and completely transformed my life, revealing the true power of his grace. I was captive by all this life of party and dancing and drinking. I believe that indulging in these activities could fulfill the void within me. Yet, the emptiness persisted no matter how much I embraced this lifestyle. I moved from one relationship to another, from one nightclub to another. I was the one turning the lights on and off if you know what I mean. <laughs> Being there, dancing, and, and break dance, and he used to, you see? <laughs> <Being> all that. <laughs> Every time we show up and call the attention of people dancing and doing all of that. So that's, that was, but I, I was empty. And nothing was really clicking. And, and then I experienced Jesus, and I knew that I knew that all these feelings and that fulfillment was temporary. Satisfaction quickly faded away, faded away every time the light was off. Desperate to find answers, I stumbled upon witchcraft, intrigued by its promises of supernatural power and control over your life. I fell into the grasp of witchcraft. The cult, the occult became my refuge, but only deepened my darkness, the darkness I was already immersed in. I became more lost, confused, and broken than ever before. In the midst of my despair, Jesus made his presence known in my life. It was as through a light broke through the darkest clouds. His love and grace penetrated the depth of my soul, calling me toward a different path. It was a transformative encounter that shook me to my core, compelling me to leave behind the sinful habits and turn toward his redemptive, redemptive redeeming love. Through Jesus, I experienced the immense and the immense power of his grace. 
to heal and restore. His forgiveness wash over me, freeing me from the chains of my past and giving me a fresh start. This undeserved and overwhelming grace, overwhelming grace, reached deep into my heart, transforming me, transforming me from the inside out. As I surrendered my life to Jesus, I realized that holiness was not a set of rules meant to restrict me, but rather a path to true freedom and joy. The more I pursue a holy life in Jesus, the more I discover the beauty and transformation it brought to my soul. I learned that walking in holiness was not about perfection, but allowing Jesus to guide and mold me into the person he created me to be. Then, in August 4, 2001, the words of First Peter 1, 15 to 16 came to life for me. But just as he who had called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I'm holy. So today I keep dancing, but now for the right reasons, worshiping the living Lord. So if you see me dancing, you know where I'm coming from. Don't judge. <laughs> Through my journey, I have understood that the transformative power of God's grace knows no bounds. Jesus' presence in my life saved me from darkness, giving me a renewed purpose and a desire to pursue holiness. The pursuit of holiness, of holiness is not about adhering to a list of rules but rather about allowing God's grace to sanctify our souls, transforming us from the inside out. In Jesus, I have found true fulfillment, joy, and life that glorifies him. Grace transforms us and calls us to a life of holiness. It's not only a mere, a merely about avoiding sin, doing good works, and about aligning our hearts and desires with God's will. Let us embrace this call and continually pursue righteousness, love, and justice with the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Today, I urge you to seek God's grace to help you live a life of holiness in your daily lives. Ask him to transform you as I did, your desires, and empower you to become more like Christ daily. Commit to pursuing righteousness, love, and justice in all relationships and actions. And God will do the same. God will restore you. God will bring change to your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the transforming power of your grace. We ask for your help and guidance as we strive to live a life of holiness. May your grace empower us to honor and please you in all we do. Forgive us for the times we have fallen, for the times we have fallen short and strengthen us to persevere. Cleanse us from every unrighteousness and transform our hearts and desires to align with your will. We confess our weaknesses 
and ask for your strength to live a, a life of holiness. Help us to pursue righteousness, love, and justice in all of our actions and relationships. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.